Om Jnanat Nirandhasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurin Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurudeva So thank you to all of those who are coming still enthusiastic to hear mostly Russians it seems Russian Paramahamsas I mean, a Vaishnav means beyond any designation those who have appeared in this world for purifying it in Russian bodies by some strange trick of fate those who are most eager to hear don't understand the language that most of our leaders speak in. <coughs> Nevertheless, we shall continue despite this obstacle thrown at us by the material energy and go on to discuss preface to the nectar of instruction given by his divine grace Bhaktivedanta who is the perfect follower in the modern age of Srila Rupa Goswami Prabhupada and is thus fit to be addressed as Prabhupada so continuing with this paragraph which we are discussing, I'll read it again. Sri Rupa Goswami was the leader of all the Goswamis and to guide our activities he gave us this Upadeshamrita, the nectar of instruction to follow. As Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu left behind him the eight verses known as Shikshashtaka, Rupa Goswami gave us Upadeshamrita so that we may become pure Vaishnavas. This comes in the screen, is it? What is the purpose of this book? In, an, in a preface or an introduction, it should state what is the purpose of the book? Especially non-fiction. Preface tells us what's this book for and then the potential reader may decide to read it or not most people if we give them a book saying that you can become a pure devotee of Krishna they may not be interested when this book was in preparation um it was being prepared for the press and devotees asked Prabhupada well we'll just print a few I think they were proposing 5,000 just for our devotees Prabhupada said no print 100,000 make this book for distribution to the public so devotees were surprised that this, this book the purpose is given so that we may become pure Vaishnavas. so who's interested in that generally we may like to distribute other books to interest people in the subject matter of becoming pure Vaishnavas. Actually, many of the books that we distribute now are, were, were actually compilations that were put together 
after Srila Prabhupada departed from our mortal vision. The first of them was science of self-realization. It's all Prabhupada's works with some with an introduction and each section has a little uh, introduction but they're all Prabhupada's works but they were compiled that was compiled and then others came later like the journey of self-discovery and then the what is that? The quest for self-realization. Then the teachings of Queen Kunti that was compiled I put, yeah, after Prabhupada left this world on Prabhupada's request, actually. He wanted that then. Uh, so these books they they, they address they're, they're full of articles which address issues or subjects that the that are of interest to modern man or, or their conversate transcribed and edited conversations topical issues or we can say <clears throat> to the idea preaching means to catch people's interest at some level and direct it toward Krishna. So we find that in the, in the science of self-realization there are, there are topics such as choosing a spiritual master, Christianity, and then crime, why and what to do, topic-wise, to catch people's attention. I think it's that is it the journey of self-discovery which, which begins with that interview in which the reporter asked Prabhupada that, well, what do you, what do you think? He says, well, there have been, there've been many people coming to America from India and acting as spiritual masters. And what do you think of them? And Prabhupada says, they're all, I can't remember, I'm paraphrasing it. Prabhupada says, they're all, they're all nonsense. And he said, well, could you clarify that more? And he said, well, they're all rascals. <laughs> so it's a great start to a book. So it gives you a clear idea, I mean, it gives you a clear idea of the direction of the book. So this book, it's, it's for people who want to be pure Vaishnavas and Devotees were surprised that this is going to be distributed to the people in general. But actually, some years ago, maybe 15 years ago, I believe it was in England, devotees had a professional company make a survey among the public of which books of the Hare Krishna movement, they distributed so many books in Britain, which books the public appreciated most, and this nectar of instruction was the most appreciated. And the reason that people gave was because it gives a clear idea of what your religion's about, what you're supposed to do. And it's, it, 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 it's very clear what the standards are. It's not just there's some vague theory, but there are specific things. Overcoming anger and uh, specific things like stopping eating meat and 
So, of course, later on the subjects are extremely esoteric. But the point is that Rupa Goswami gave us Upadeshamata so that we may become pure Vaishnavas. And the process is given there. And the, the, the beauty of Srila Prabhupada's writing is that it appeals to all classes of people. For those who want to be pure Vaishnavas, and for those who have no idea about this whatsoever, they also appreciate reading this book. Now, Srila Prabhupada writes, Rupa Goswami gave us Upadeshamata so that we may become pure Vaishnavas. But actually in one sense everyone already is a pure Vaishnava. There's no... <coughs> There's no real question of becoming a pure devotee. Everyone is a pure devotee, but we have forgotten that. So we can say that's reverting to our pure state of being a pure Vaishnava. At present we don't appear to be like pure Vaishnavas, but Upadesh Amrita gives us the direction by which we may become pure Vaishnavas or revive our dormant Krishna consciousness. So this term, pure Vaishnavas, this is specifically the, the contribution of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Rupa Goswami. There are many devotees of Krishna. More than one Srila Prabhupada said that everyone in India is Krishna conscious or 99%. When Prabhupada said that, he meant it in the sense that at least they know something about Krishna. They're conscious of Krishna. Just like everyone in Russia is conscious of Gospoda Putin. Not for long. They'll forget him soon. But at present... Everyone in Russia is conscious of him. If you say the name Putin, at least in Russia, people know who he is. So they, at very least, they, even if it's a complete drunkard in the street, at least they heard the name. They know something. Something about it. So everyone in India is Krishna conscious. Even the Muslims. You can't, it's difficult to avoid Krishna in India. Just like if you want to come to Mayapur, even for some business purpose, so say someone wants to come here and sell some, here there's many foreigners coming. So let me, I'm, I'm a thief making a living in Shelter Station in Calcutta. It's, I'm not making, it's not so good, but if I go to Mayapur at the time of the festival, I might do very well. And some of them do. So if you want to go to Mayapur from Shelda Station, how do you go? You have to go via Krishna Naga. So Krishna Naga. So there you are. The name of Krishna is there. Krishna Naga is not named after the original Krishna. It's named after one Maharaj who was called Krishna. But he was named after the original Krishna. So one way or the other, it's difficult not to be conscious of Krishna, directly or indirectly. 
the first president of India was Dr. Radha Krishnan. That was his name. One of the recent prime minister's names was Narasimha. The present prime minister has also got a name for Krishna, even though he's a Sikh. Manmohan is actually a name for Krishna. Of course, people are forgetting this. Some years ago, I visited a dentist in Ahmedabad, which is a Christian, quite a Krishna conscious city. I mean, many hundreds of thousands of people turn out for Rathiatra here every year, Jagannath Rathiatra. So his name was Bunkin, his first name. He said, Oh, I told him, that's a very nice name. He said, Oh, what does it mean? He didn't know. It's a name for Krishna. He was 42 years. I asked him, how old are you? He said, I'm 42. He said, after 42 years, you just learned your name is a name for Krishna. So people are forgetting that culture. But still, people are more or less Krishna conscious. But they're not pure Vaishnavas. In the late 1970s, I was traveling in Bangladesh, which geographically and culturally, historically is part of India and at the present time is artificially, politically disconnected from India. Anyway, um, we were traveling around there, preaching Rupa Goswami's message as best we could, when we happened to come across a famous bogus guru who rather angrily asked us, why are you preaching Krishna Bhakti here? The people here already know about Krishna Bhakti. Why don't you go back to your own country? We were competition to him. We were pointing out his defects. So we replied to him that people know about Krishna Bhakti. It's true. At least the Hindus in Bangladesh, they're mostly Vaishnavas. They like to perform kirtan. But they're not pure Vaishnavas, as we told them. The people here, they are they know about Krishna, but they have bad habits, such as eating fish, which you may be surprised to hear. That in Bengal and Orissa there are many people who in many ways are very Krishna conscious, but they have some bad habits among them, principle of which is very common is eating fish. So they're not pure Vaishnavas. And there are many, there are many sects of Vaishnavas. Apart from the worshippers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, there are others who worship Radha Krishna in the Nimbaka Sampradaya. There are many devotees of Bal Gopal. In the Vallabh Sampradaya, there are many devotees of Lord Ram and then of uh, Narayana of Krishna alone, Vasudev Krishna. There are many Vaishnavas. But Rupa Goswami has defined the standard of pure Vaishnavas. Oh, another important point is that many worship Krishna, but they also worship many demigods, and they consider that Krishna is one of the gods. <laughs> Or they're largely overcome by Mayavad influence. 
Shankaracharya promoted the worship of Vishnu. You may be surprised to know. But he promoted the worship of Vishnu as one of five gods who are to be worshipped with the idea that they're all the same. So many people worship Vishnu and but they also worship Ganesh, Surya, Durga and Shiva. And nowadays it's become a real kitchen. And many people consider themselves worshippers of Krishna, but they consider some person to be the present form of Krishna. And it's very common in South India, in Andhra Pradesh especially, that you see people calling out Sai Ram. Sai meaning Sai Baba and Ram, they identify him as Ram. And there are many people with them, they give their children the name Sai Ram or Sai Krishna, considering this complete demon to be Krishna himself. He's a complete demon because he accepts that. And also you'll find in Andhra Pradesh and other parts of South India many people who are devotees of Tirupati Balaji. And people have the belief, as is given in the Stala Purana or the local Purana there, the story of this Tirupati Balaji who's also largely known as, or widely known as Srinivas, is that he has a debt. Of course, Prabhupada didn't give much credence to this story. So if you give money to him, he'll help you in your business. So many people, they have as their business partner, it's a legal arrangement, you can do it in India, you can make the deity your business partner. And whatever amount you say, 1%, 2%, 5%, 10%, 20% of the profits go to the deity. And people have faith that if they do this, their business will prosper and it seems to work. And we find all over Andhra Pradesh, therefore, businesses with names like Srinivas, that's the name of Tirupati Balaji, Srinivas Paltry Farm, or Saptagiri, that's the name of the hill on which he lives, Saptagiri Wine Shop. It's very common. So people, they are devotees of Vishnu. They have some attachment to and faith in Vishnu, but they are not pure devotees. This is not pure devotion. And even we will find uh, many people who are widely accepted as devotees. But there is at least a tinge of Mayavad in them. When Raghunath Bhatta Goswami left home, finally, after his parents had passed away, to join Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Puri, 
he was accompanied by a devotee of Lord Ram who accompanied him and carried Raghunath Bhatta Goswami's baggage and served him considering that Raghunath Bhatta is a Brahmin and he should be served. And this person who accompanied him was constantly chanting the names of Lord Ram. So when they reached Puri, Raghunath Bhatta wanted to introduce this person to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a, great, as a great devotee of Lord Ram. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu didn't give him any attention. Even though he was acting like a devotee, in all respects, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw that within his heart is the desire to be one with Lord Ram. So this is common in that whole area of North India, the Hindi-speaking area, what is called the Ramayat Sampradaya, or Ramanandis, who uh, are theoretically an offshoot of the Ramanuja Sampradaya. But they, even though they recite the Ram Charitmanas or the Hindi Audi version of Ramayana, and they have uh, Ramanuja Tilak, and they will find they, they have chanting in their ashrams. In many places they have 24-hour chanting. Sita Ram, Sita Ram, Sita Ram, Sita Ram, Sita Ram, Sita Ram, Sita Ram. In Vrindavan they also have an ashram. Or, or similar kirtans. But ultimately they're not pure devotees at all. They're mayavadas. So pure devotee, uh, Rupa Goswami has defined pure devotion or at least the beginning of pure devotion in his definitive verse Anyabhila Shita Shunyam Yanakama Dyanabritam Anukulyena Krishna Nushilanam Bhaktivitam this verse distinguishes pure devotion from all mixed forms. There's Kama Mishra Bhakti, Jnana Mishra Bhakti, Yoga Mishra Bhakti. But Rupa Goswami says, Anyabhilashita Shunya the desire to be free from all other desires, the cultivation of this, that one's bhakti should be free from karma, kanda and jnana kanda. That one's bhakti should be uh, free from this cultivation this cultivation of Krishna consciousness is called Uttama Bhakti. One is therefore known as an Uttama, Uttama Adhikari, or one who is eligible to enter the highest standards of Bhakti. So this of course, this uh, definition parallels and uh, In a, in a, what's the word, puts in a synopsis 
the whole teaching of Srimad Bhagavatam, that parallel verses there in Srimad Bhagavatam, Savai Pumsam Puro Dharmo Yato Bhantir Adhoksaje Ahaitu Kyapatihata. What's the last one? Yayatma Supersedati. Ahaitu Kyapatihata. In this verse, we have also Paro Dharma, the highest Dharma. Beyond Varnasha. And Adhoksaja. This word is very important. We won't discuss it now. Adhoksaja. But the import is the transcendent Lord. One should should understand Krishna's position as transcendental. And Bhakti, Mahadevi, she is transcendental. It's nothing of this world. Bhakti is not to be performed for any benediction pertaining to this world, nor for merely liberation. But bhakti is to be performed for the sake of bhakti. Bhaktya sanjataya bhaktya in Srimad Bhagavatam. It's stated that bhakti gives rise to bhakti. So, vaidhi bhakti gives rise to raga bhakti. That vaidhi bhakti, if it's performed with the specific aim of awakening raga or attachment to Krishna, then if Bhakti Mahadevi is pleased, if the Vaishnavas are pleased, then that will be affected, that will happen by the mercy of Hari Guru Vaishnava. So pure devotion, that's also, the idea is given in other sampradayas also. The desire to enter Vaikuntha and serve Bhagavan there. To, to be in Vaikuntha, to attain Mukti. At least until recently in India, most Hindus, up until the last generation, most Hindus had the idea, at least those who I spoke to, had the idea that the goal of life is mukti. Ultimately. They would say that they're engaged in various materialistic activities, but they had the idea that the goal is mukti. And this actually comes from the uh, yesterday we were discussing the the four purushartas dharma, artha, kama, moksha so the idea of dharma until a generation ago was very strong in Hindu society that's being destroyed now by the the competitive ethos but the idea of dharma a cooperative society in which one is allowed to enjoy in a religion within religiously uh, defined limits 
But the ultimate goal is mukti. Everyone, they have the idea. The ultimate goal is mukti. Although most people would say that yeah, mukti, yeah, that's the ultimate goal, but later. And for most people, the idea would be some their their cons their conception of mukti would be some, something impersonal. But for many, or at least those who are in the Vaishnav Sampradayas, that would be a personal mukti, the entering into Vaikuntha. The idea that we shall attain mukti, and we shall go to Vaikuntha, and we shall serve Narayana, Nitya Kainkari, eternal personal service to the Lord. So that concept of mukti is a Vaishnava concept. Sarupya, Salokya, Samipya, Sarshti. These are the four kinds of liberation which can be accepted by Vaishnavas. To reside on the same planet of the Lord, to reside close to Him, to have uh, opulences similar to Him, and to have a form similar to his. But Kapila Dev, in the definition of pure devotional service given in the Srimad Bhagavatam, says that the pure, those who are pure devotees, they don't accept these opulences without service to me. That their aim is not mukti, but their aim is service. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he <coughs> presented that mukti, which is so much desired by the transcendentalists, that is not desired by the devotees. Bilbamangal Thakur before him was saying that mukti is subservient to, to bhakti devi. Mukti, what is that? Kritanjali sevate smart. Mukti, if I'm absorbed in bhakti, then mukti devi will herself come with folded hands before me saying, What do you want, sir? As Prabhupada quoted. Prabodhananda Saraswati. Great devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, coming from the, uh, the his background is from the Sri Vaishnav Sampradaya, where they desire this kind of mukti of entering into the spiritual world. He says that for one who has got even a slight glance of the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then for him, Kaivalya Narakayate, this impersonal kind of liberation is just like hell. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu presented that mukti is, it's not at all a consideration for pure devotees. Therefore he said, Mama Janmani Janmani Bhavatad Bhakti Rahaita You want bhakti. Mukti, uh, getting free from this material world, we don't desire that. In Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's presentation, the desire to get free from this material world is a personal desire. 
One should only desire to serve Krishna without any personal desire. And if that means coming again and again to the material world, if Krishna has some desire for us to remain in the material world, then we're ready for that. Or we should not think that I that now I have deserved my way to the spiritual world. But rather we should think that I I'm not fit for that. One should not think that now now I've earned my way back to Godhead. I've I've done enough. Now now I'm ready to go. Rather, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu teaches that the standard of pure devotion, what does Ahaituki Bhakti mean? Without any personal desire, he expresses this, Ashnishava Padratam Pinashtuma, Adarshanam Mamahatam Karotu, Yatatata Bhavidatatu Lambato, Nat Prananatas Tusa Evanapara. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu he defined that even naturally the devotee wants to see Krishna. But if even if we do not see him, even if he naturally we are attracted to Krishna, or a devotee is attracted to Krishna, because he is very kind, but even if he acts unkindly towards me, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, under any conditions, he is the Lord of my life. So actually Krishna is very kind and Krishna is very sweet and therefore we are the jiva in his pure state is attracted toward him. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says that even if for some reason of his own he doesn't treat me nicely or he doesn't let me see him he's always my Lord without any condition whatsoever this is the meaning of a haituki and this is the meaning of pure devotion that Rupa Goswami points us toward uh, this especially as we were discussing in the last couple of days this especially means pointing towards the pure devotion of Vrindavan Raghunath Das Goswami speaks of that if if one is not careful, one will be thrown down to Vaikuntha. So it's a, it's a contra, you could say it's controversial or it's a, an extraordinary statement. Persons who have gone beyond the mediocrity and the mundaneness of this material world, <clears throat> they aspire for impersonal liberation. Persons who are far more advanced, they desire to go to Vaikuntha. And Raghunath Das Goswami, he warns about getting thrown down to Vaikuntha. So the, the, the Goswamis have shown the what is the ultimate limit of bhakti far beyond Vaikuntha. It is this kind of pure devotion that Rupa Goswami points us toward. Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami also describes that bhakti in which there is 
a, a, a strong, a feeling of awe and reverence. So, so strong that one keeps some distance from Krishna. He's always in a mood of reverence toward him. This Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami calls Vitta Bhakti or it's crippled. There's one's devotion cannot flow fully towards Krishna because the mood of awe and reverence is somewhat of an obstruction to that. Now in Vaikuntha Bhakti, that mood of awe and reverence is the very basis of the bhakti. And we're also, we also cultivate that. That we should surrender to Krishna because he is supreme. That's true. But Rupa Goswami Prabhupada gives the concept of bhakti, all the Goswamis give the concept of bhakti that when one's uh, consciousness is so much attracted to Krishna, natural attraction to Krishna for his personal qualities rather than for his position as being the Supreme Lord, that is pure bhakti. We'll find if someone has a very big position in society, people take a lot of notice of him. Just like I was talking about Manmohan Singh, the Prime Minister of India. Well, he gets a lot more attention these days than he used to because he's in a much bigger position than he used to be. If we see the ex-Prime Ministers, just like there was... How long ago was that? Fifteen years ago, Chandrasekhar was there? How long ago was that? Something like that? So he used to be, his name was on the front page of every newspaper in India every day. Nowadays, never there. He was famous because of his position. As far as his wife's concerned, his position doesn't matter. She says, She's his wife, he's her husband. Whether he's a... She didn't know whether he, when she married him, he was going to become the Prime Minister of India. He could have become a beggar in the street. But her position, whether he became the Prime Minister of India or whether he became a beggar in the street, is to serve him and accompany him throughout life. That is the role of a wife. So for her, his position as the Prime Minister of India, is always secondary to her position as his wife. So this is a mundane example, obviously, to demonstrate how in pure devotion, that as Rupa Goswami defines it, that the position of Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead is in pure devotion, it is secondary to the loving him as a person, for his personal qualities. Not that his being God is separate from his personal qualities, but his majesty, the state of awe, is not what attracts 
the residents of Vrindavan. And even though they may be conscious that he is the Supreme Lord, it doesn't really matter that much to them. Or even though they may know it, they don't really believe it or give it much importance. As we've heard, the, when Krishna, in the evening, he comes back from the forest with all his cows and the cowherd boys and Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva will be on the pathway offering prayers with great awe and reverence and Krishna's cowherd boyfriends will imitate Lord Brahma. It's a big joke. They're standing there saying, you are the supreme, you are the cause of the other and then they'll laugh. They think it's a big joke. Who's this funny fellow with four heads, he comes out every evening with this sheepish look on his face. They think it's a big joke and they push Krishna like this. So they may know he's the Supreme Lord, but it doesn't really, it doesn't interfere with their devotion. And this is the, this is what Rupa Goswami is giving, a pure devotion. So the, the Rupanuga Bhakti, this is the this is the highest pinnacle. There's, we find there are other Vaishnavas, but Rupa Goswami, who is known as the Rasa Acharya, apart from being the Abhideya Tattva Acharya, the one who is given the, the path of acting in devotional service, has also in great detail described the transcendental Rasa. Now, Rasa is not a term that Rupa Goswami invented. It, it's a term which is discussed in the Vedic science of the, the uh, Nritya Shastra, or the art of drama. But Rupa Goswami, apparently drawing from the mundane Rasa Shastra, but has described the transcendental Rasa of, of exchanges between Krishna and his devotees. Actually, he's, it only appears that he draws from that because the origin of everything is Krishna. So the actual Rasa is spiritual Rasa and mundane Rasa is its perverted reflection. But although in other Vaishnava Sampradayas there are certainly feelings for Krishna in his various forms. Without that there is no bhakti. Bhakti is not simply rituals or formulas, but there's certainly feeling. Hanuman doesn't burn Lanka because he's a monkey. Monkeys cause trouble. But he's not that kind of monkey. He's a very He's a very staid and actually in many ways very cool-headed person. He's a minister. In the, the minister of Sugriva. And although Sugriva and Vali and all the other monkeys, they appear to... I mean, they're in monkey forms, but in many ways they're... From the descriptions in Ramayana, their consciousness is more like that of human beings. 
much better than most human beings today, actually. So Hanuman, he didn't burn Lanka just for something to do. But he did so out of great devotion to Lord Ram. They let these rascals get some taste of what's coming to them. They think they they think they can tie me up. I'm a I'm a I'm a servant of Lord Ram. Lord Ram should not be humiliated in this way. Let them see that what one servant of Lord Ram can do to their opulence, to their unassailable position. Let them have some idea. We have a whole army of monkeys, and we have Lord Ram. You just have some idea, Ravana, what's coming to you. So he did this to glorify Lord Ram. So, it's not that there's no feeling. By Rupa Goswami, by glorifying the the Vraja Bhaktiras, or the, anyway, you all understand what that means, at least we all have a theoretical understanding of what it means. It is not in deprecation of Vaikuntha Bhaktiras, although it may appear like that, because in in mundane comparisons, if we if we praise one person, it means that someone else is uh, their position goes down. That's why people become. If someone is praised, then their rival becomes envious. This is in the mundane world, but when the Vraja Bhakti Ras is glorified. It doesn't mean that the Vaikuntaras is deprecated, although it may appear like that. But rather it shows how the the glorious Vaikuntaras, that is certainly glorious. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself appreciated Hanuman, Narottam Das in his writings has appreciated Hanuman, for instance, there are so many great devotees. But that, uh, what Hanuman, his glorious devotion to Lord Ram, that devotion increased hundreds and thousands and millions of times, is the Raja Bhakti that Rupa Goswami glorifies and points us towards. So it is this pure devotion that Rupa Goswami Prabhupada is pointing us toward. Starting with controlling the mind and senses, he points to the highest pinnacle of residence at Radha Kund, bathing in Radha Kund, which even Narad Muni, for him it's very difficult to attain. These are topics certainly far beyond the scope of those who are still on the platform of trying to control the mind and the senses. But Rupa Goswami gives them. Nevertheless, he presents. This is what we're aiming at. It may appear reckless to do so. Why should such intimate topics be aired 
among people who are, they, they still cannot control their mind and senses. When on the other hand, if they're not broadcast, then who will know? Who can ever hope to move towards that? These topics have to be approached very carefully. Therefore, Rupa Goswami gave us Upadesh Amrita so that we may become pure devotees. He's given us the path in Upadesh Amrita and in other books, especially Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, by which we can become pure devotees. We can. It is possible. It's not impossible. Some people... They take it too cheaply. They think, yeah, praying, yeah, praying, yeah, praying, yeah. Praying, it's just what you know. You talk, praying, 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 praying. Like some people, you know, they talk about their pet dog or something like that. Just a very ordinary thing. Praying bhakti, as if, as if it's very easy of attainment. They take it too cheaply. They're called prakrita sahajiyas. or persons who take the intimate pastimes of Radha and Krishna very cheaply. On the other hand, we shouldn't go to the other extreme and think that because to become a Goswami, to control the mind and senses, seems to be such a difficult proposition that we should not think of or discuss or have any aspiration for prayer. Srila Prabhupada writes here that first one should promote oneself to the platform of goodness, sattva by following the instructions of Rupa Goswami, and then everything concerning how to make further progress will be revealed. That's true. That's why we, we don't discuss much about, about the intimate pastimes of Radha and Krishna. We're not fit for that. But at the same time, we should know that is the goal. If we, if we ban that from our minds, and we're only concerned with controlling the mind and senses, then we won't ever get there. We should know what the goal is. Rupa Goswami points that to us towards that. And all of those from his point that as to what that Srila Prabhupada gave us this in his books. It is not to be cheaply approached, but on the other hand, one shouldn't become so one shouldn't become unrealistically hopeful and think one has already attained praying when he's still along far from it. On the other hand, one should not become so hopeless that he thinks it's not possible. Even we may think, well, it, it looks like it's going to be many, many, many lifetimes before I get there. But we should have faith in the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and in the mercy of Rupa Goswami Prabhupada that by their mercy of all the Acharyas of Srila Prabhupada that they have given us this path. They know how fallen and wretched we are. But nevertheless, They've given us this path. They have the faith that we, that if we follow this path, that we can attain the highest goal. And by 
they are giving them, along with the, their instructions, they are giving them mercy by which we can tread this path and go all the way back to Godhead, to the lotus feet of Radha and Krishna in Vrindavan. So we shouldn't be cheaply hopeful, but we shouldn't be hopeless either. Hopelessness in the sense we, we find Bhaktivinoda Thakur in his Gopinath Kirtan expressing a kind of hopelessness to in his own abilities, but still he's, his hope is there to attain Gopinath. Even though he thinks himself hopeless, he thinks myself, I'm just completely useless. He's expressing this in his pure devotion. But he has hope that Gopinath will help him and that despite his qualifications, he can attain pure devotion. So Rupa Goswami gave us Upadeshamata so that we may become pure devotees. And if we follow what is in Upadeshamata, we can become pure devotees. This hope we have to keep alive. Hope we have to keep alive means there may be also be some tendency to perform our devotional activities and forget why we do it. It may become like a routine and then but we should all by discussing Upadeshamata, by discussing the books of the Goswamis, then we keep in the forefront of our consciousness what are we here for? And then everything becomes alive. Why are we why are we doing this? Why are we rising early? Why are we chanting the holy names? Why are we endeavoring in so many ways? It can become a routine. We do it. And then, but if it becomes a routine, then gradually we stop doing it because we think, well, why should I bother? But if we keep the goal of attaining service to Radha and Krishna in mind, is our ultimate goal. Or if we see that by the grace of Guru and Krishna, I am actually already doing that. Maybe not fully perfectly, but by chanting the holy names of Krishna and following the process of sadhana, we are actually engaged in the service of Krishna. It's just a matter of that our realization has to become fuller. Otherwise, in the perfect, in the neophyte state, one rises early, chants the holy names, perform various services to Krishna. And in the fully realized state, one does the same thing. It's just a matter of realization. There's no, there's no difference in the activities, in the basic activities. So we have to keep this goal in mind that, that we are meant for serving Radha and Krishna. And that we can attain to by imbibing the mood given to us by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, by Rupa Goswami, by all the Goswamis, by Srila Prabhupada, by all the Vaishnavas. Now, one word that's to discuss here. Rupa Goswami gave us Upadesh Amrita so that we may become pure Vaishnavas. We means Srila Prabhupada is including himself. 
and all the readers, whoever reads is in, who is we here? We means whoever wants to become a pure Vaishnava is included in the group of those who are referred to by we. Bhakti is a, especially in Kali Yoga, is a joint endeavor. Actually in all yogas, but Kriteya Dhyato Vishnu. In Satya Yoga, personally meditating was the means of self-realization. But in Kali Yoga, it's a group effort. Sadhu Sangha is required. Vaishnava Sangha is required to help us in our advancement in Krishna consciousness. So we become pure devotees. We all help each other along the path by hearing and chanting together, by living together, by serving together. All these activities that we perform, hearing about Krishna, chanting about Krishna, all these can better be performed in the association of devotees. So this of course is a, an important topic which Rupa Goswami discusses in this Upadesh Amrita. He discusses that uh, keeping good association is important for devotion and giving up bad association is required for advancement. Sangha Tyaga means giving up bad association is required to advance in bhakti. So bhakti is a group effort. Everyone's joining together to serve Krishna. Krishna is served not by not by one person. By one person, yes, by Radha. But Radha expands herself into many, many forms too. And Krishna expands himself into many, many forms so that Krishna is served in innumerable ways by innumerable living beings. But it's a group effort. It's not just me and Krishna, but it's we and Krishna. At the same time, every devotee has his own individual personal relationship with Krishna. Bhakti is a group effort, but it's personal also. When we bow down, to Krishna, Radha Madhava. We personally pray to Krishna, to Radha Madhava and the Ashtashakis that please see me, please place your glance of mercy upon me. There are so many others present, but we personally pray that I, I wish to serve you. Please engage me in your service. So bhakti is a group effort, but it's intensely personal also. That we all pray personally and individually to Krishna. And we'll find that the songs of the Vaishnava Acharyas, their kirtans, those that are in the forms of prayers, they're all in the first person. They're mostly in... I, I can't think of any that are not in the first person. 
Of course, you could say Radha Krishna Seva Prabhu. That that could be first person or first person singular. It could be first person plural also in Bengali. But just like Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Gopinath, Anito Kamaratas, it's individual. Or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu prays, Mama Janmani Janmani in my birth after birth, O Lord. So it's a very, very personal also. Kobi Lokanath More Shongaloya Jabit. Shirupa Pada Padme More Shamarapipa. Narotam Das Thakur prays, when will Lokanath Goswami, my guru, take me? When will he bring me and offer me in service to Rupa? At the lotus feet of Rupa. So it is intensely personal. So we are persons. We're not just some some numbers in a factory liner. But everyone has a with working together to serve Krishna or cooperating to serve Krishna. Krishna is very pleased when the Vaishnavas cooperate to serve him. But at the same time, we all have our own intense personal relationship with Krishna. And the association of the Vaishnavas is essential to help us advance in Krishna consciousness. But ultimately, our own advancement of depends on our own attitude, which Srila Prabhupada discusses later in this preface, in one of the most, for me, within this preface comes what has, for me, I, I consider the most important sentence in the whole of Prabhupada's books, and I don't think we're going to reach it this year at the speed we're going, because we have one more day of this seminar left, and I've gone through another two sentences so far. So, I, w I won't discuss any more here in this, uh, because we reached the end of this paragraph, and the next paragraph takes us into another topic, or, or the next phase of this discussion. So if there are any questions now, then please ask that, preferably by writing it down on a piece of paper. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Do the Mayavadis also get some benefit from the power of chanting the holy name of the Lord? Yes, even offensively chanting the names of the Lord gives some benefit. Even these rascals, we have to say they're rascals, who say Sai Ram. Of course they may be also mis be misled, but they must have done something sinful to have been in that position to be misled. By thinking of Sai Baba as Ram, it is very sinful and offensive. But still they get benefit from chanting the name of Rama. Srila Prabhupada was specifically answered, asked this question about followers of Sai Baba who also chant the holy names. And Prabhupada said, yes, they do get benefit. They will have to suffer for their offenses. 
But nevertheless, when when the effect of that offense is nullified, then they get the benefit of chanting the holy names also. But real chanting of the holy names means in conjunction with hearing from pure devotees. Shravanam and Kirtanam must go together. Otherwise, the Kirtan is not really Kirtanam. Kirtanam means glorification of Krishna. And if we have to know how to glorify Krishna by hearing from devotees. If we glorify Krishna by saying that, O oh Krishna, you have appeared in many incarnations, such as Ram, Nishinga, Varaha, Kurma, and Sai Baba, then that's not glorification of Krishna. It's offensive to Krishna. Because we heard from the wrong source. So therefore, Asadu Shange Bhai Krishna Nam Nahihoi Nama Kor Bahire Bhate Tabu Nam Nahihoi. Without the association of devotees, it may appear that we are chanting the holy names, but actually it's only the sound is coming. But Krishna, that Nama Chintamani Krishna Chaitanya Rasa Vigrahaha. Purno Shuddho Nitya Mukta Abhinadvan Nama Nam, you know, the, the holy name of Krishna, which is a transcendental touchstone, which is uh, the very form of all transcendental mellows, which is perfect, pure, always beyond, uh, eternally situated beyond this material nature that name which is non-different from the person Krishna himself, that is that name is not manifested to those who uh, consider... It's just an example of Sai, people who consider Sai Baba to be Krishna. That When they say Krishna, that they get some imaginary Krishna, but not the actual Krishna. Still, some benefit is there. No doubt. The inhabitants of Navadweep who are eating fish will come to the spiritual world when they leave their bodies. Well, the inhabitants of Navadweep don't eat fish. I mean, there's what you can call the the geographical town or the political... what's on the map of West Bengal called Navadip. But actual Navadip Vasis don't eat fish. They only take prasad offered to Krishna. There's a difference between being in the spiritual Navadip and being in being born or in Navadip West Bengal. Navadip's not in West Bengal. Not in what is politically conceived of as when we speak of Navadweep, we speak of Bhaktivinoda Thakur's Navadweep, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Navadweep, not, not Buddha Dev Bhattacharya's Navadweep. He's the chief minister of West Bengal. So again, it's like the Mayavadis who chant the name of Krishna. Do they get benefit? Yes. So one gets benefit from being in Navadweep. Even the, 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 that Navadweep dham is covered by the Prodhamaya, by the, the dham manifests some energy by which those who consider this dham the place of their enjoyment, then they see they, they see the dham like that. 
one can actually enter the dham in the manner Navadi dham in the manner that Bhaktivinoda has taught us. Kobi Navadipa Shuradhuni Tate Hara De Krishna but you can consult this song. What how living in Navadweep one can become a resident of Vindavan. Bhaktivinoda Thakur has given many indications about this, especially in this song. Kobe Gorabana Shuradhuni Tate. In Krishna consciousness, if is Krishna consciousness is easily obtained, or is Krishna consciousness easily attained for persons who are brahmacharis or those who are grihastas? Krishna consciousness is easily attained for both brahmacharis and grihastas. If one is an actual brahmacharya or an actual grihasta, then Krishna consciousness will easily be attained. If one is just making a show of being a brahmachari or making a show of being a grihasta, then it won't be easily attained. In Bhagavad Gita it is said that it's easier to control the mind, the wind and the mind, said by Arjuna. It seems to me, he says. But in NOI, Nectar of Instruction, I presume, we can read that one's first duty is to control his mind and senses. How can we understand that? Well, good question. We'll discuss that tomorrow. That's the subject matter tomorrow. What does Sadhu Sangha exactly mean? Is it associating with pure devotees of the Lord or advanced devotees or co-devotees? What kind of relationship should one have with different devotees? This is all described in the nature of instruction. How one should associate with pure devotees. What does Rupa Goswami Prabhupada say about how we should associate? Dadati Pratigrihnati. Hmm? Go on. Gurhyat Akyati Prichati Bhungte Bhojayate Chaiva Shadavidha Priti Lakshana. So we should associate with devotees with love. And there are six symptoms or, or six basic ways of doing this. Um, Rupa Goswami, so how to associate and who we should associate with and how, that's also given in. Upadeshamata, Diksha's teaching. What is that verse? We should, uh, those who are chanting the holy names, but not initiated, we should mentally honor them. For those who are initiated, we should offer respects to them. And for those who are fully absorbed in chanting the holy names, we should surrender to them and serve them. So these are basic outlines given. And there are other. In Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, there's more on these topics. Also, that, uh, that what is that? Sajati Asha Snigda. One should associate with devotees of the same taste.
there are more instructions given. What kind of relationship should have? How to choose the association of devotees? Well, where you find Krishna, we find devotees who are helping us to come to Krishna. We should seek that association. Briefly. If it's brief, then it's simple. We don't want to get into... Sometimes we may do, but... If the point is made briefly, then the main point is made. Where we find Krishna, that association we should see. Yeah. Anything else? If not, then we'll stop here. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna.